right, welcome back into the show. We're in Paul's Valley today with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We are looking back on the coaches' luncheon from yesterday and what the Sooner coordinators had to say. I guess from a coordinator's perspective, this is really the first chance we've heard from them since, what, maybe after the spring game? Plus what Bill Beanbow had to say about his offensive line. But I, I, I guess, Josh, we do owe you a segment on the officialization of Colorado to the Big 12. I didn't go digging too much on this last night. Like, I didn't – I don't know if that was a mistake on my part, but I just – I feel like it's kind of simple to see what's going on here. You know, Brett Yormark targeted Colorado from day one, and I don't know if it's because he felt Colorado was some incredible ad or – Maybe that it could chip away at the Pac-12. So I don't – Colorado in itself is not additive. It's strategic, right? I mean, can we – unless Dion hits a home run, right, and stays there forever and and ends up winning a title, right now it's it seems like from everything we've taken, this is strategic to try and chip away a little bit at what could be out there available for you in a – in other teams of the Pac-12. And I do think there's the, again, security blanket element to it, which is if we can pick off Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, or a couple of those, well, now right. all of a sudden we're in a better situation for long-term stability, right? Sure. I mean, even if you don't get Oregon, Washington, whatever, that, that, that sets you up. And I don't know. I mean, do you buy in at all? That uh, maybe there could be any uh, any vindictive nature behind it. That hey, we asked you for a merger a couple of years ago, you said no, so now we're going to try and rip you apart. Maybe, maybe, but I I don't know if the Pac-12 is in this incredibly worse place if Colorado is replaced by San Diego State, right? I mean, if you if Klivkov can get something on paper, and apparently that's what this boiled down to, and, and I guess this would happen quickly because if they gave an August 1st deadline to Colorado, then, you know, I'm pretty sure, I guess I'm pretty sure, Josh, that it would be the same for an Arizona or, or Arizona State, right? Hey, we need your decision by August 1st. But more than anything, for the the teams that are left in the Pac-12, they need some data. And if Klavkov can't give that to them, then they're doomed. But whatever it was, it didn't make make Colorado comfortable, and they felt like they were better off moving. Here's the other thing I haven't seen. I mean, the Pac-12 talked about how they were blindsided by this because, and again, this is usually what happens in, in realignment situations. But I just, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't find myself making this the tombstone for the Pac-12. Now, if Arizona or Arizona State move on, then yes. I heard this on the Staples podcast, and then we'll get to the coaches' luncheon from yesterday. I'm curious if you agree or disagree. His take was. If Kevin Warren was still the commissioner of the Big Ten, 
if he was still the guy calling the shots, that Oregon and Washington would already be there, maybe with either Cal or Stanford, and the hope of bringing Notre Dame. Because what Warren envisioned was a kind of six-team West Coast wing of the Big Ten. And USC doesn't want that. And apparently, I guess once Warren left, it became pretty obvious that as nice as it's been for the TV deal, there's more people on that side of a lot of the Iowa people you talk to that aren't necessarily overjoyed with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. It's not as popular of a move as maybe we perceive it to be. That's right. I mean, the financial component to it, yes, uh, it's huge in that regard. You know, university presidents, athletic directors, probably all pretty excited about it, mm-hmm. right? But uh, then you get into maybe the, the academic side, and I can't imagine it's you know necessarily uh, as, as well uh, regarded in some circles there. And, and the fans themselves, right? You get into just the cultural fit or lack thereof of a USC and UCLA, and uh, without delving too deep on that, a little bit different, right, out in California than it is in, say, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, so on and so forth. So culturally, a lot of the fans don't necessarily see the defense, but you know what? That's kind of becoming more and more a thing of the the past. It's wild, man. Why do we do this with – 20 days left for the start of the season. And to be clear, to be fair, this isn't just something that popped up, right? I've been a big believer that massive transitions from league to league, it's a very small number of people that are in the know, and you're usually surprised by it. This has been one of the most out there and talked about things with Colorado seemingly for the last year, ever since USC and UCLA left. And I still don't know. I mean, gosh, Josh, does Colorado belong in the Big 12 or the Pac-12? Absolutely. But I'm telling you guys, I I remember it. I feel like I'm trying to recall something from the 80s, and it was only like 10 years ago. But I remember it vividly. The idea around Colorado leaving the Big 12 for the Pac-10 at the time wasn't, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do without Colorado? It was consistently, yeah, they fit a little bit better out there than they do here. (laughs) Right. See ya. Right? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't this scratch-claw fight to not let them go. I mean, there just wasn't. And um, I'm happy they're back. I mean, let's be honest. I'm, I'm happy that they're back. I think that they do truly fit better in the Big 12. But if the Big 12 doesn't land another Power 5 team in this, and if it is UConn, ugh, I mean, I don't. I don't know if that's building up your TV deal for the future and then you're adding another body that you're splitting the pay another way and the only alleged extra money you're getting is from Fox because you added Colorado. I don't know. There's a plan, but it just, unless it's Arizona or Arizona State or Utah or all three for that matter, to go with Colorado, I don't know if just Colorado on its surface ends the Pac-12 or suddenly, Josh, elevates the Big 12 into the next great power conference for years to come. No, I don't think so. I mean, if it's just Colorado, there's a scenario, I think, where you go at San Diego State or UNLV, and Mm -hmm. you say, okay, we're done, we've got a TV deal, and you proceed forward 
with 10. I don't know that that's the, the best plan of action. Probably, you know, and obviously yesterday they met and they're going to try to be expansive. But, uh, you know, I think probably the best uh, path forward is get San Diego State, get UNLV, right. and get one more. I mean, maybe right. add SMU or whatever, right? You know, get to uh, 12 if you can and lock up a media deal now. The, the hurdle is going to be, are you going to get picked off again? Is somebody else going to bolt before you get a media deal in place? I mean, that's, that's where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, <laughs> some good, good text on this, line. too, by yeah. the way. You, you, let, let's roll these texts here real quick. Rodney from Denton. Do you see conferences building per sports in the future and not just football conferences? It's the forgotten thing, man, isn't it? What's the most forgotten thing in any conference realignment conversation? Anything but football. <laughs> right. That there's uh, right. other sports beyond football. Correct. And if there is one thing that Brett Yormark has been pretty consistent on, he wants to magnify the basketball side of it. So you had Colorado. No, who is it? Thad Boyle that's there. No offense to him, but not really doing anything basketball-wise. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's not walking through that door. But if you add, say, UConn and then Gonzaga as a basketball-only member, oof. <laughs> or, or if, let's just say, Arizona decides to come, oof. That basketball conference is legit. But I don't know. I don't know. You're going to need that football revenue. But let's also remember the NCAA tournament, Josh. That's a billion-dollar deal. It's a massive payout. Um, Lloyd, when is Lincoln Criley? I don't know if I've heard that one. I don't know if I've heard Lincoln Criley. And Pooh SC moving to the Big Ten. If all the strong teams leave the Pac-12, Pac-12, then Criley will want to stay in the Pac-12, right? I don't think he has any control over that. I don't think he does either. You know, there's um, I heard from more people that say it's getting a little bit um. I, I, I don't know if prickly is a word I can use on the air, but I just did. I mean, that that could be also for a cactus, right? It's getting a little bit tighter around there. You know the old open door. Come on in, yeah, you know, guys. We oh, have practice. Mean, I'm gonna go on Colin Coward, right? You know, we, we had that. We had that one figured out from a mile away. We'd already lived that. That's a lifetime yeah. ago. We, if you're out of USC and you didn't listen to what some folks from over here at Oklahoma were telling you, because you thought that it was just, you know, emotionally driven or this or that. All right, uh, we yeah. told you, just wait. <laughs> Absolutely, I warned y'all. And I was in shock in some of the access that I had heard. But, yeah, let's just say the old uh, the well's dried bootstraps. Up. Bootstraps being tied a little bit. But, see, that's the smart thing. Lincoln has always put good personalities around him that can usually soften that blow. But, I don't know, I think they, I think they feel really good about what they have at USC. That's what I think this is about. And I think... When Lincoln Riley is very confident about things, it tightens up. And the reins are pulled a little tighter. And the, that group that's allowed around, because nothing's going to get let out. So I, I'll i be curious to see what happens if things go south. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one from LG Sooner. One thing nobody has discussed with the possible demise of the Pac-12, as highly as the Rose Bowl thinks of themselves, 
What do you think their committee is thinking right now? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, this totally changes everything for the Rose Bowl, does it not? I mean, if the Pac-12 is gone, what, what happens with the Rose Bowl? Does it become – <laughs> the Big Ten championship game every year? I I don't know. I mean, it's a great <laughs> question. Know. And then the Rose Bowl trying to draw the line in the sand and saying, you know, we're only playing on New Year's Day and this and that. I mean, do they lose a little bit of the, those bargaining chips? <sighs> but, hey, they still got that sunset, right? They still got that sunset, which is amazing, which is gorgeous, but it's, 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 it's not what makes the game. Can I uh, cycle back to something you said about Lincoln just now? Go ahead. Tightening of the belt, you mm-hmm. know, starting to limit the availability a little bit, not sure. as accessible. Right. Ultimately, it boils down to, hey, can you win? Can you play good defense? And probably Lincoln Riley always is going to, uh, for the most part, put up a bunch of points, right? That's right. So it's going to boil down back to that, but – isn't that sort of anti-USC? I mean, that's that's the opposite of Pete Carroll. And I would imagine that folks that have been around USC for a, a while would sort of expect that when USC's – when things are running hot at the table, when things are going mm-hmm. well, that uh, it is a little bit more open doors, come out and see us, hey, this is L.A., this is Hollywood. I can't imagine that would jive well with uh, USC fans, donors, reporters – Long term. Can, do, do you want to drill into this real quick? We got time? I think so. Because I have a theory. I have a theory. I, I'm i not one of those that I think you'll hear on this show that gets to on Lincoln Riley. I'm always a, if you want to be somewhere else, go. And I think OU is going to be fine. But there was... One thing that was at least mentioned to me by several people was how important it became for Lincoln at USC to understand, Josh, to your point, the importance of that relationship. And as much as he didn't do the best job of it at OU but wasn't terrible, right, he wasn't bad at it. It's just – it's not something that he necessarily. It's not natural. I think priori- prioritized nor natural. There you go. In, in Lincoln Riley's score, I think Lincoln Riley would much rather be in a film room breaking down film and writing out his script and then executing it at the game. I, I think he's he's gotten good at it, but I think he couldn't care less about media. And I think that's ninety percent of coaches. But with that commitment of all right, I got to be better at this, and right, you're a savior at USC. You are, you are leaving a blue blood to come save this program. That is so incredibly important to the West Coast. You are here to save them from the abyss, right? And here at Oklahoma, yeah, man, you got to sustain this, buddy. Hey, why isn't your defense stopping anyone? It's the reality of it. And maybe, just maybe, Josh, after that first year, whenever you did things that hadn't been done at USC in a long time, and yet while people love you, they're still the, well, you didn't get to the championship game, and they blew their opportunity when they had a chance. And, you know, the guys before you were losing at Utah too. I I just – I can't help but wonder if even, you know, trying that approach 
old Link looked back at it and thought, yeah, no, I don't have to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm still going to get players, and these guys will have an open door, but I, I'm not going to open this thing up. We did it for a year. It's time to get back what I'm comfortable with. To where you show that you can do it <laughs> when it comes to those relationships and having an open door, but yet even when you did it, you still got dumped on the same way for coming up short that you did before. Is that, is that making sense? Yeah, you didn't get the big payoff by That's right. changing your approach. Didn't get the big payoff, and you didn't get the grace. You had Eisman Trophy winner. You did things offensively that haven't done been done at USC in a while. And in the end, it was still, that's great. We had the Heisman Trophy winner, and we but. lost to Utah twice in Tulane. <laughs> right. The big old butt. Yeah. I mean, no, that's, I mean, age old, right? Hey, age old. are you going to go play for and win championships? And if you're at a place like Oklahoma or USC, it will always be defined by that. Okay, let's, um, I promised coaches luncheon stuff. Text line got good, and we got into a little Colorado to the Big 12 talk. Before we break, and I know we're up against it, so we'll be quick. Are you more of a believer that this move by Colorado is going to be followed by other Pac-12 teams, or do you think the Pac-12 finds a way to sustain here? Because you know me, I've been dying on that hill that I think the Pac-12 can survive, and suddenly – I'm wondering if I'm taking my last breaths right now and if I'm about to go down like the captain of the Titanic or something. What do the television partners want? Right. Do they want to put the squeeze on and have things consolidate? Or are they good with uh, the Pac-12 remaining? I mean, that that's probably the biggest question. I'm leaning toward this thing's going to fall apart, though. Mm-hmm. It just It just feels like for them to – still to this point not have come up with a reasonable media rights proposal to their members i just think when that's the case it's it can't just be colorado arizona arizona state utah oregon state washington state i mean anybody that's not oregon or washington they have to look at this thing and say guys if we got a chance to go we got to go right now so here's a here's a quick note now, you know what, there's, there's breaking news on this. We'll give it to you next. I don't want to get too far behind. It's 1021, and we're on the road in Paul's Valley. It's a grand opening weekend celebration for Seth Wadley Chevy and all kinds of great events. Bounce House is here. They've got the um, Cornhole Tournament tomorrow. they got band coming in tomorrow, official ribbon cutting. This place means a lot to Paul's Valley, and Seth Wadley is constantly giving back, and they're celebrating the grand opening. Lots of cars, too, man. Beautiful trucks here. Come check it out. I-35, Paul's Valley Exit. It's Plank Show. All right. So we've had a couple of conference realignment insiders hit us up. From the 918, I completely expect Arizona and perhaps Arizona State to jump into the Big 12 soon. And then there's this one. Utah already was in a meeting in Irvine when with someone to come to the Big 12 two days ago. Well, according to Heather Dinich, you better make up your mind pretty quick. Uh, what is, what tw- is Swaim reporting? <laughs> well, according to Greg, uh, I, you know what? I'll give credit to Greg on one thing that he has done. Uh, he has not given up on the Colorado thing, even though every single person told them that it, in Pac-12 country that wasn't going to happen. So I'll, I'll give all of the Big 12 truthers some credit. Yeah, now, he ultimately was right, you know. I, like I said, 
you shoot a gun in the air enough times, eventually you're going to hit a duck, okay? But Heather Dinich reports moments ago, a Big 12 source told me their ADs had a meeting this morning and repeated what I told you guys here yesterday. 14 seems to be their best number. The question is, who wants to be the first to really join, uh, to really be a part of the Big 12 now and join us? We've got room for one more. I would also add, don't be surprised if that one more is Connecticut. Oh, goodness. You get everybody, you get everybody excited, Big 12, then you go and screw it up. Here's what Max Olson wrote. Here's the thing about your mark. He wants to sell his members on bringing in UConn. If Colorado is the only Pac-12 member coming in, don't be surprised if your mark goes all in on UConn. All the uh, political capital he's gaining in the eyes of the league presidents, chancellors, and ADs. From pulling off this Colorado move, conference sources believe that's where he wants to spend it. Oh, no. Well, time to make a change. Who's who's our next Big 12 commish? Uh, In UConn, by the way, skipping ahead in this story, in UConn, your mark sees something that other Big 12 leaders don't. They think football first. They see the success in men's and women's basketball as undeniably attractive, but it's less than easy to get them to buy the pitch that UConn adds value for this league in part because these presidents, chancellors, and ADs have spent the past year locked in on trying to land Power 5 football schools. What does your mark see in UConn, Josh Helmer? Entry into New York City. Hmm. We'll see. I don't... If George Klyvkov doesn't come up with something hard numbers-wise, we're in big trouble. We're saying adios to the Pac-12. Just try to get to 20 and be the coast-to-coast conference. Go get Oregon. Go get Washington. Bring the Arizona schools in Utah. And then, uh, I don't know, pick off Syracuse from the ACC with uh, Connecticut. 5809 has hit on a couple of uh, insiders who have texted him on this story. Uh, 5809 writes, the Pac-12 is stronger than ever. Signed, Joe Biden. Uh <laughs> Also, the Pac-12 has everything under control and do, will, and do everything they can to bring you great college athletics for years <laughs> to come from DirecTV. <laughs> Am I the last DirecTV subscriber on the planet? Am I the last one? Uh, I think I might be. I was right there with you for a good time, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's done. <laughs> um, oh, uh, Camo Sooner writes, Plank, will you be doing a segment live from inside the bounce house? That would be Radio Gold. I don't think you guys understand. I'm almost 50 now, man. I'm old. My bones creak and crack. And Okay, we'll see if we can do it. This is where we need the live mic, Josh. Live mic, bounce house. Here we go. I had to go in a bounce house one time recently to retrieve a child. Let's just say it didn't go so well. It did not go so well. It's flipping and flailing around like nobody's business and then trying to grab a kid. Why uh, five uh, eight? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Why stick at fourteen? I don't know. The only way I see fourteen 
is if you can't draw another Pac-12 school. For instance, if the one and only that's coming is Colorado, because that's 13, so you're a little bit off kilter as far as the math is always concerned. I mean, the Big Ten was at 11 for quite a while. But I don't like. For instance, if Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah say, "Yeah, we want to come," I don't think you can tell them no. I think you welcome them, right? I don't think it's all right. Who gets the last rose here? I think at the very least, you say hi to all of them, right? I, I would think so. Yes, because then I think you've got a chance to basically get what you wanted two years ago, which was a Big Twelve, Pac twelve merger. And That's right. you could still go get Connecticut later. Connecticut will always be there. Connecticut isn't going anywhere, which is why they can wait. They, what's the uh, what's the recruiting phrase? An uncommittable offer. UConn basically has an uncommittable offer right, right now from the from the Big Twelve. Same goes for you, Gonzaga. <laughs> this is hey, good uh, from Sean. They think football first. Talking about the. Uh, you know, other ADs, presidents uh-huh. in the Big 12, instead of your mark. They think football first because that's what the TV people think. First, second, third, and fourth. And, in fairness, that's what they've been told. That's what they've been told. They've had it hammered into their head for years and years and years. Hammered. All right, we're Seth Wadley in Paul's Valley. Seth Wadley, Chevy. This is a big grand opening weekend. Uh, I've mentioned that they've got food trucks here starting at 11 a.m. We've talked about the bounce house all day. What I've failed to mention, what I've swung and missed, is that they will have the official ribbon cutting coming up at 11.30 a.m. this morning. So in about an hour from now, they'll be cutting the ribbon. And, well, we're open. People are working and grinding away to try to find the best deals and the best value for you on a uh, new, gosh, this Chevy truck that's in this, I just I want to drive away with it. But uh, Seth Wiley Chevy, opening day weekend in that car show starts here tomorrow at 10 a.m. Fun weekend celebration, live music, food trucks, face painting, the bounce house, and much, much more. I promise you, Josh Helmer, we have to get to this Ted Roof and build Beanbow Audio. But the text line is next, right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are live from... Uh, Paul's Valley today, Seth Wadley Chevy, it's hopping uh, because they're getting ready to have their ribbon cutting. First day of business. Food trucks are going to, well, I say first day of business, the celebration of the, uh, cel- of the opening weekend. This place is really cool. Lots of trucks, lots of cars, all new, and really just want to get you here. Check it out. Ribbon cutting at 1130 a.m., food trucks starting at 11 a.m. I probably will be diving into something from every single one of these food trucks that's going to be here. And then all day tomorrow, all day tomorrow, the celebration starts at 10 a.m. with a car show. they got a cornhole tournament tomorrow at 4. The Chad Todd Band is going to play at 5. Face painting, bounce house, cash prizes. Check it out. Seth Wadley, Chevy, grand opening here in Paul's Valley. All right, yeah, let's get a couple of these texts since y'all are intrigued. I think like we are as to what's next in the recruiting, what am I saying, in the revolving world of conference realignment uh, from the 817 along the lines of Joe Biden saying that the Pac-12 is in good shape. The other side wants to be heard. So uh, the 817 writes, many people say the the Pac-12 is the best conference there is right now. Donald Trump. 
I like the many people say as the precursor on that. That's someone <laughs> that has really paid attention. Dialed in. <laughs> I've had many people say. 5808. I could see them hiring Patrick Ewing, trading Otani for some draft picks, and then that would keep the Pac-12 together. <laughs> Signed Colin Coward. How could they let him go on for so long with that take, knowing that it was wrong? I mean, everyone knew that it was wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm as casual as it comes with baseball, but I'm not going to sit there and try to sound smart telling you that they should get five draft picks for Shohei Otani, five first-round picks. I wouldn't want to sound like a know-it-all whenever I'm not even sure if you can trade draft picks, which, as we found out and as many of us have known, you can't in Major League Baseball. How could nobody have his back on that? From the 405, Josh, this is a good one. My criticism of the new Big 12 is pick a lane. If you're going to be a basketball conference, why Colorado? If football is first, why UConn? And will any conference start relegation and the processing of existing members? First one first. Do they have to pick a lane, Josh? Do they need to be one or the other? I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. It, the lane they need to pick is let's get rid of the Pac-12. I mean, that's that's the lane they need to pick is can we position ourselves as next in line after the Big Ten and the SEC? And if that's there's right. any way to get that done to go get Oregon and Washington to somehow convince Florida State or Clemson that, hey, maybe you want to be a part of this. If that's doable, then get it done. If not, then okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess fortifying basketball is interesting, but to me, adding UConn would be nice if it's in conjunction with, say, bringing in also Arizona and take your pick one other, one mm-hmm. other Pac-12 school. Because now all of a sudden you got a heck of a. You already have a great basketball conference, but you bring in UConn, you bring in Arizona. Now it's uh, clearly the nation's best for years to come. Do, do you know what is curious about this? I did not think having – okay, we'll pull back just a second. If the Pac-12 ceases to exist, do we chop away one of those automatic bids? I mean, if we got six automatic bids in a 12-team playoff and six at-larges, why the hell are we having six automatic bids when we don't even have, you know, what would that be then, four Power 5 conferences? Right? I mean, do we continue? Does it continue where you have when we get to 12 that you have SEC, Big 10, Big 12, ACC? I mean, we're going to give away two other automatic bids to other conferences? If that's where the majority of the power is in college football? I, I don't know about that. But I, I would I would push back just a bit. I don't feel like they need to pick a lane, Josh. I feel like they can be diverse in what they want to do, and I think you're right. That lane would be, all right, let's chop down the Pac-12 because that gives them more juice. That gives them more um, security, time slots, and security too. Though I would say if you bring in Oregon and Washington, you know as soon as the Big Ten knocks on the door, if they do, they're gone. That would be right now the, the, Pac- the Big 12 – 14 teams that are, I'm sorry, 12, 13 teams that don't really have a lot of other options. 
Colorado would really be the only one, right, because they came from the Pac-12. But that, I mean, if the Pac-12 broke out of the Pac-12 and said, we are going independent to try to find a new power conference, I don't think the ACC, I don't think the Big Ten, I don't think the SEC, I don't think anyone is knocking their door down right now outside of maybe the Mountain West. So I, I just it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that stability helps out the Big 12. On the right? on one more thing here. On the Colorado deal to the Big 12. Go ahead. Are you buying the idea and some of the reports out there that Deion Sanders legitimately is a big puzzle piece for this move happening because he wanted the program back into the state of Texas for recruiting? Uh, I, I kind of am because I think Colorado's pretty stupid. I, I think that they're so thirsty for anything positive to happen that if Dion said, hey, I need to get into a spot where I can recruit Texas. And before, I mean, how much of a sales piece is that to say to a kid, hey, we're going to go play at Houston every other year or once every three years or, hey, you're in, uh, you're in Texas, we're going to go play in Lubbock. Right, I don't. It's not a knock on either place, but I mean, was I don't? Do you have to be? This would be another Travis slash Parker question. I mean, do you have to be playing in those two cities and those two places uh, every maybe other year in order to have that impact that you wouldn't already have? I guess that's what would because I heard that same thing you did that Dion was pushing because he wanted to get back into texas to recruit but i also don't really know what kind of an advantage i would truly give him but i definitely think colorado would listen because they're drunk right now man they're drunk on Dion. they're all in and if he's like boys we gotta get to texas i think they might go and i think they might jump to the big 12 i think it could be am i giving them too much juice no i don't think so and you know ultimately i think this is a good move for colorado Right. Right now, it just sure. feels oh, like. I agree. I agree. You know, regardless of what Dion wants or doesn't want, ultimately, I think the decision makers at the university got this right. The, yeah. the Big 12 is more stable. It's a, it's a good situation for them, and they might be one of the first dominoes, but not the last domino to fall in this thing. But if you're basing all of your decision making off what Dion wants, you know, long-term, maybe that is, uh, no, not a great sign. How about this, though? If it's only Colorado and then UConn, I don't think that's making the impact that the Big 12 hopes it does. Here's – that's me. Here's a good one from the 405. Colorado was the only non-central time zone team in the old Big 12. They were the only team at altitude. Fairbanks gutted the athletic department for football, dropping baseball, wrestling. They didn't belong. Now geography doesn't matter. It's all about TV sets and streaming users. Sure, bring Colorado back. I don't even know if it's about TV sets, man. I think you hit the – I think it's streaming and brand. And I think it's Dion. Dion. Dude, 100%. I think it's Dion. The, uh, you know, powers that be from a television standpoint definitely feel like, okay – bring Dion in but how long is that going to last if he's unsuccessful he won't keep the job and you know at some point 
you know, it's it's fun right now because it's new and it's different. But mm-hmm. five years from now, is is Deion Sanders going to be trending on social media? Or will it just be, oh, yeah, that's the Colorado head football coach that, yeah, oh, by exactly. the way, back in the day was a, a terrific football player and oh. a superstar. By the way, I'm I'm sorry. Thank you, Dan and Madison. I completely, whenever I said Lubbock and Houston, I forgot to include Fort Worth and Waco. But in that same vein, I don't know what the schedule is going to look like. And if they get up to 14 teams, then is Colorado going to be going to Houston? I don't know what the recruiting is like in Lubbock. Let's just say for the sake of recruiting, Houston, Fort Worth, and Waco. You probably get two Texas games most years. So maybe. maybe. Like I said, I I don't necessarily disagree but that you would be playing there. But does that give you more of a national or recruiting impact to say that of our 12 games, you're going to get two of them in your home state than say it would if – Hey, of your twelve games, you know we're we're winning championships and on national TV. I I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Uh, Tommy writes, I can agree with that, but this was happening before Dion. That is true. That is true, Tommy. Big 12's interest in Colorado predated Dion. That is a fair counter to it, but I think. The all-in, balls-to-the-wall approach of, hey, we're, we want you, we want you, we want you, I think it's, it, it's accelerated by what they have in Dion. But you're right. You're right. All right. Um, quick, break, uh, quick break. Quick break. It is, uh, gosh, it's already 1049. we got our top five stories of the day coming up. Uh, we've got this uh, audio to share from Coach Beanbow and Coach Roof from the Coach's Luncheon yesterday. And we got more of your text to keep rolling in to the text line right here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network, where the grand opening of Seth Wadley Chevrolet in Paul's Valley. Seth Wadley Chevrolet in Paul's Valley. Uh, Ribbon cutting coming up here in about 35 minutes or so. That's exciting. Uh, And then throughout the day, the inflatables here, bounce houses, Kids can come by. Car show tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. It's a big day here at Seth Wadley Chevy, and we're pumped to be a part of it. Did I promise something this segment, or did I say we're going to catch up on the text line? I forgot. I think it was text line, right? Text line. Let's go. From the 405, Coach Prime is using the old OU recruiting formula. Texas high school kids, quote, hey, come live in beautiful Colorado, and you can still play in front of Mama two or three times a year. Switzer made a living recruiting with that formula. True, but you could also drive. I mean, every game is televised. Everything is. That wasn't the case. You had to make sure that they were playing in front of mom and dad because not every game was on TV. Now you can have everyone over. You have a cookout. Say, hey, Johnny's playing in uh, Los Angeles. We're going to watch him. Or as you said, Josh, drive. But I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. It's just you're right. I just, I, I don't, I'll have to ask Parker. I'll have to ask Travis or Josh or somebody because I don't, or our Josh, I don't, if Dion thinks it's going to work, it's obviously something that he has battled against. So from his perspective, it's like, I got to get these kids to where they can play in Texas. And we'll see. Well, uh, Jim and Arling. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. It's a good point, too. I mean, 
that that mm-hmm. is the old Switzer strategy, yeah. and it is. Hey, you you don't have to travel far multiple times a year. The the difference would be that even for those out of Texas growing up uh, in the Switzer era, I mean, it's for most players in Texas not that far of a drive to to Norman, Oklahoma either. Now Boulder, Colorado, it's obviously it's a jaunt. No, oh, yeah, and I mean it's. It's kind of funny you think about, what are you recruiting, 17-year-olds right now? So a 17-year-old would have been born in, what, 2017, 18-year-old, like 2005, 2006? Yeah. Right? It's crazy. Uh, wait, hold on. Is that math right? No, yeah, that's is, correct. That's terrifying. Okay, but go you. on. Please move on. But, but Dion hasn't been like a thing as a player since the mid-'90s. So when they're like, oh, but Deion Sanders is a player. None of these guys grew up watching Deion Sanders play. So I would completely understand that idea of, hey, you can see the YouTube film. You can see uh, what I've done for these guys. But I also need to make sure that I'm getting you to where you are playing at home a little bit more. I could see it. I feel like, Josh, through the process of debating and discussing this, I feel like I've went from thinking it doesn't matter and it's not a big deal to a certain degree, selling myself on the importance of being in Texas more often. Jim well, and Arlington, it's, right? It's okay. definitely going to help them. I mean, it's it's a positive. I think so. More than it's a negative, no doubt. Uh, the Big 12 lost Boardwalk and Park Place. We know you in Texas left. Now sounds like they're continuing replacing them with Mediterranean Avenue and Baltic Avenue in Colorado <laughs> and Yukon. Well, hang on. If you build uh, motels over it's there. Say, it's, it's, it's still, it's not too devastating but it still hurts you a little bit if you build a hotel on it and this was good brian with a y and tulsa asks is florida state thinking of leaving the acc well their grant of rights isn't up until gosh 2027 yeah they basically need 2037 sorry they need the acc rapture in order to not pay a hefty, hefty exit penalty. But I would say, yes, Florida State, mm-hmm. Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, I think all of them are thinking about, hey, how can we get to the Big Ten or SEC? But it's like you don't just snap your fingers and it's done. Five eight zero eight. better off in Texas a couple times a year than Oregon. <laughs> Let's hit our top five stories today next right here on The Ref.